welcome to I Got Sucked Off by Historical King Arthur, or Sabermetrics, whichever you want, uh, I guess. Um, a critical and sincere examination of the Fate series. We are talking about Fate Stay Night. Specifically, we are talking about days 13 through 15, uh, or the uh, penultimate days of the Unlimited Blade Works. Or not Unlimited Blade Works, uh, Heaven's Feel Root. I know it's not Unlimited Blade Works because I like these for the most part. <laughs> Yeah, what's your name? Oh shit, right, I'm a person. My name is Sierra, my pronouns are she, her. Uh, my name is Dustin, my pronouns are he, they. Uh, and yeah, uh, we are almost done with this route. It was so weird to stop where we did. I was like, it feels feels like we should be continuing and just finishing this. I don't know. I I kind of I kind of like that as the stopping point because it's like, uh, yeah. all right, here is one last moment of downtime before shit kicks off. Uh, mm-hmm. So shit's rough. Uh, I, yeah, uh, I'm glad we stopped at 15 instead of at the end of 14. I'll say that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'd have been upset. Yeah, so, uh, day 13, uh, Shiro is once again having a dream about the fire from 10 years ago, uh, and he's questioning his own motives. Um, after what he's seen, uh, happen in recent days, is he going to betray his previous ideals just for one girl? He wakes up and tries to nudge Sakura awake, um, once the nightmare wakes him up, uh, only to find that she's no longer in the room. In fact, he can't find her anywhere in the house. As he makes it to the front door, Rin rushes in and tells him she found her collapsed outside. During the next two hours, Rin brings Sakura into the house, changes her clothes, and begins to treat her, but Shiro remembers almost none of it. Eventually, Rin returns to the living room and tells Shiro he can go in and talk with Sakura now. There is also a moment when they are uh, uh, talking where it's like, clear to both of them that they both know something is up with Sakura. And both of them are pretending uh really hard there's nothing wrong. Yep. Uh, Sakura tells him that she's just sick and malnourished and that Shiro provided enough magic energy. When Shiro asks why she was outside, she tells him she was taking a morning walk. We know these are all lies, but Shiro doesn't question them at all. Because he he also knows it's a lie. Like, like, he accepts it at face value because he knows for a fact it's a lie. If he didn't know for a fact it was a lie, he might have had some questions like, why? And aren't you sick? And you passed out outside. That seems suspicious. But because he knows it's bullshit, he's just like, ah, I choose to believe this because it's much harder not to. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is clearly just Shiro avoiding the hard subjects as is his want again yeah yeah and he is and has never worked out for him no never. things have ne- but he keeps doing it uh he heads back into the living room and watches the tv report of the household that, dis- that disappeared memorizing each name as it scrolls across the screen rin however switches the tv off Don't be stupid, she says. We're not decent enough people to mourn over what's already done. Uh, She makes them... Which is just a great line from Rin. Uh, It's very good. It's like, we don't don't have the uh, privilege to be be acting like, you know, 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're responsible for this, basically. <laughs> we did this. Uh, she makes them some uh, tea, and they spend a moment just sitting in peace. Shira remarks that if he hadn't been a master, he never would have gotten to know uh, Rin. Rin reveals that she's actually known him for quite a while. It turns out that she saw him attempting the running high jumps four years ago, just like Sakura had. That's when she first saw him, and she later learned that Sakura came to his house. Then three years later, she noticed him at the archery club Sakura had joined. It's then that she realized she was jealous of the person she thought was an idiot at the time. She realized that she's the type of person who, if she knew something was impossible, she'd simply give up. She would never stop. She would never keep trying like he did. I'm cold like that, she explains. I'm a terrible person. Kyrie called it machine-like instead of cruel. I just think it's funny that Shiro got two girls to like him on accident just by being an idiot. Uh, well, I, so I actually like this moment between Shiro and Rin. <laughs> yeah, um, it's a it's a good moment. Uh, uh, I specifically had something here uh so specifically it was uh shiro shiro here is also fundamentally like again it's like wait this is the same story sakura told Uh, what are y'all talking about this is stupid what yeah this is a not this is a i was just depressed and fucked up because my dad died this is not like some deeper meaning here i was just sad and both Sakura and um, Rin are like, no, there was, like, something beautiful in that. And he's like, hmm, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's funny, like, because Shiro, like, both of them have an extremely different memory of that event than shiro does yeah just based on their context like they they basically mythologize it almost she's just like i'd i i barely even remember it because it was just something i was doing to cope yeah it, and like that is like genuinely very interesting in that like they have made this moment uh, of their shared past uh, uh interpretive and like they're each finding their own things to value in it and in each other and it's like oh hey that's legitimately a a cool thing and it makes me understand why each of them is interested in shiro from different perspectives like it's cool yeah uh bad news though is that sakura may have mythologized it a little too much sakura Um, is very very depressed yeah so um, she overhears this conversation yeah, before we get to that, that though, I, I almost accidentally skipped ahead. Oh, right. Um, there's a, there's an important part of this conversation that she also hears. Yeah, so, um, changing topics, Rin asks how Sakura was doing. Shiro says she's uh, lying still, just like she's supposed to, uh, to which Rin replies she doesn't have a choice. Shiro is confused, so Rin clarifies that Sakura's limbs and muscles were so badly damaged that she probably died once last night. She literally can't get up on her own. Everything is cleanly cleanly connected on the outside, but her insides are all messed up. When she was talking to Sakura, she realized Sakura wasn't addressing her, but a Rin that Sakura was imagining. Rin is convinced that she's lost her last shred of sanity and there's no hope of recovery anymore. She's determined to kill her when the time comes. 
bad news. <laughs> it turns out all this time, Sakura has been hearing their conversation. Oops. In fact, it's impossible for her to tune their voices out. Um, she even makes mention of the fact that it's weird that she's hearing them from so far away in the guest room. It's like she can't not hear them. Mm -hmm. uh, she hates Rin for taking what she thought was her special memory of Shiro and not even mentioning her. But she especially hates Rin for trying to shove the responsibility of ending her life onto Shiro. She thinks about how she used to wish someone would kill her, but now she doesn't want to lose everything she's just gained. If someone tries to kill her, even Shiro, she will fight back. Good. Suddenly, Ilya enters the room and asks if she's still conscious of herself. She asks how she managed to consume enough souls for the Grail when Assassin and Ryder are still left. Sakura doesn't understand the question, so Ilya drops it and simply tells her that she's going to die no matter uh, what. Um, there was one thing that uh, Sakura does uh, say during her internal monologue, uh, which is she calls Rin a coward. Um, and, like, I, I don't think... Or a coward specifically for wanting to kill her, uh, and I don't think that's necessarily wrong. Like... The, Rin even practically says as much during their conversation. She is unwilling to risk a thing she thinks might be impossible. She is unwilling to take a harder path if she thinks there's not an, a guarantee of success or victory there. Like, Yeah, she, she literally just told Shiro that she thinks of herself as a cold and terrible person mm -hmm. because of those tendencies. Which I think is a little unfair. Because uh, 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 yeah. you do need some pragmatism you, we can't all be shiros uh, we can't all be um, shiros but like i think it is a consistent character trait we've seen of rin where she is yeah. she tries desperately hard to abandon things immediately the moment it seems like they might be hard or difficult or even impossible yeah like the the lesson that we've kind of seen throughout uh, all these roots is that Rin and Shiro, regardless of what their relationship actually ends up being with each other at the end, kind of need each other to balance the two of them out. Yeah. Because Shiro is someone who just doesn't give in no matter what, even if it's to the detriment of himself and everyone else. Yeah, he's the stupidest and, bitch alive, and soon he'll yeah. be the stupidest bitch dead. Yeah, and, and Rin will take the pragmatic choice at the drop of the hat, and... Both of those aren't necessarily great things to do all the time. No, uh, uh, and like so. Shiro functioning as he does can often provide cover for Rin. Like it, we will see it happen in these days to do the things she wants to do but things she's not allowed to do. Yeah, like R Rin, Rin clearly doesn't want to kill Sakura and she is using... Shiro's determination and relationship with Sakura as an excuse of like, okay, well, I won't do what I know I should do because I want to, because I have affection for you and, you know, want to give Shiro a chance. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, these, these kids have complicated relationships with each other. <laughs> yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Ilya's here just being, yeah, everything's fucked. We're all, we're all gonna die. We're all gonna die. Ilya, Ilya is the doomer of the group. 
I love Ilya in this in this route so much. She rules. Yeah, this 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 route's Ilya is fantastic. Um, anyway, uh, as Shiro lies in his room con- considering the future, he suddenly hears Assassin's voice. Uh, he's here to tell him that Zokin wants to speak to him. He will be waiting at the at the Mato household. Shiro must come alone. He accepts. He knows it's a trap, but he doesn't have much choice. He meets Zokin soon after and demands that he re- and demands that he release Sakura. However, Zokin claims it's too late for him to do that. She's already functioning as a Holy Grail. After the Holy Grail was shattered ten years ago, Zokin embedded the pieces into Sakura. The Crest Worm was something he created using the Grail as a catalyst. Sakura's current state was intended to be just the first step toward making a uh, a Makiri family grail that lives as a human but still has the function to collect souls. He had not expected Sakura to have so much talent, though. She has become a true holy grail, just like the Einsburns. Shiro is enraged by Zoken being so flippant about sacrificing people, but Zoken counters that the Einsburns grail also uses a human as a base. The one they created this time is Ilya. He also argues that the Einsburns use a far worse method. <laughs> Which, arguable. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sort of, ha- sort of, ha- half, uh, I don't, I can't remember the idiom off the top of my head, but like, tomato, tomato, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, Zoken now turns the topic to why he called Shiro here to begin with. Uh, he wants his help to manage the shadow entity. He reveals that the Grail is simply a gate that connects to the Origin, which he, col- which he colloquial de- colloquially describes as the Wish Machine. The shadow is something that leaked through from the other side of the gate due to a mistake made by the imitated Holy Grail, Sakura. When he eventually realized the extent of the shadow's power, he attempted to go to Sakura to stop her. However, he could not get near her, near her due to the shadow. He may have been in control of Sakura before, but not now. If the Holy Grail activates, the power flowing from it will obliterate her. If he wants to save her, Zokin says they just need to endure for four more days, at which point the timing window for opening the gate will pass. The catch, though, is how many people Sakura will have to consume to last that much longer. The whole point of this conversation was to convince Shiro that there is no other choice but to kill Sakura, and he's the one who has to do it. The other part of the conversation is Zoken basically says, I can't get close to her because the shadow is operating entirely, uh, explicitly off of her uh, repressed id. Um, and that means she fucking hates Zoken, and it won't yeah. let her... It won't let Zoken anywhere fucking near her, which, to be clear, good. Fuck that yes. bitch. Uh-huh. Um, it won't let anybody near her. It like Even Rin, if Rin approached with any degree of hostility, would just get fucking murked. But, like, she would probably get close. Yeah, that's, that's why he's, quote-unquote, the only one who can do it. Um... So, Shiro comes home, and Ilya immediately notices that something's on his mind. She offers to talk with him if, if it'll help. He agrees and asks her to tell him about the Einsburn's Grail. She says she was hoping he'd never find out about that, and tells him she's not really a human. 
She's a homunculus, an alchemical formula used to create life without a mother. Normally, she would have collected the souls of the defeated servants, but this time there's someone else functioning as a grail. She was only able to collect Archer. However, human bodies don't have space for multiple souls. As a living grail collects servants, they begin to lose functions that allow them to act as human beings. The main difference between Ilya and Sakura is that Ilya can switch off her functions at will, but Sakura is forced to. The only upside of the current situation is that, since Sakura has taken so many powerful souls already, Ilya will still be able to retain normal human functions even if she consumes Assassin and Rider. Shiro takes Ilya in his arms and hugs her. Quote, I let my fingers feel the weight of what I must protect, end quote. It's so good to see Shiro, like, see people in front of him and go, oh, I love these people, I want to take care of them, it is important to me to do so. Yeah. Um, um, oh, also, oh, the implication that, oh, hey, Ilya's normal in this one because her brain isn't fucking ruined by having eight souls shoved inside of her. Yeah, yeah. But, like, the moment of, like, oh, hey. Um... There's also one point briefly before this where Shiro, uh, uh, during, when he's coming back from the conversation with Zoken, where Shiro makes a point of, a, uh, if he knows and does nothing, he's also culpable for whatever action Sakura takes. Um, which, you know, he's not wrong. Um, yeah, sort of a trolley problem situation. <laughs> but, but he doesn't quite make the immediate next apparent step, which is that, like, he's already known and done nothing. He, he, he explicitly says he knew before and just didn't look at it. And he also elides that he should have known about Sakura's pain like he had said before in the past and did nothing there as well because, like, it, it is easier for him to not ask. Like, there, there's an extension here that he just sort of skips and, like, man, they, there's, there's more here than just, oh, there are more options between, well, I guess she's going to murder uh, just a fuck ton of people and... Well, I guess I have to stab her to death. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, at two o'clock in the afternoon, Shiro makes lunch for Sakura and brings it to her, doing his best to hide his troubled emotions. After chatting for a bit, he asks her what she'd like to do once she gets better. She says she's fine with how things are right now, and just being with him is enough. He thinks about how Sakura was denied normal happiness for so long that she doesn't even know how to wish for something special. Which, mirror of Rin being upset by Shiro not knowing what he likes to do for fun. Uh-huh. Uh, God. It, it, this conversation was, like, both very sweet and genuinely very rough. Yeah. Because both of them are just straight up, like, this whole conversation are like, I don't... Fun? What? Like, Shiro at one point literally says, uh, uh, I imagined my own happiness that I've never imagined since the fire ten years ago. Like, bro. Bro. Are you are you good? And the answer <laughs> yeah. is no. Yeah. Um, he tells, uh, he tells her that they'll go somewhere far away for a fun vacation when all this is over. He asks her where she'd like to go. She wants to go cherry blossom view him in a big park. He promises to take her there. Later that night, at 10 o'clock, Shiro takes a knife from the kitchen and silently enters Sakura's room while she sleeps. However, when it comes down to it, he just cannot bring himself to kill her. He needs Sakura, and Sakura needs him. 
He'll protect her even at the cost of his ideals. As he pulls the knife back, Sakura speaks up and asks why he won't kill her. She's breaking down and may even forget who he is soon. Shiro embraces her and says that he regrets not being able to protect her before, so he's going to keep his promise and be her superhero now. After he leaves, however, Sakura blames himself for breaking him. She then uses her last command spell to order Ryder to protect Shiro no matter what happens. Ryder is not thrilled about this. Yeah, no. (laughs) Um, Because the only only thing Ryder cares about is Sakura. Um, But uh, also Sakura knows that, like... Uh, if if Shiro is forced to kill her, Ryder will intervene and probably kill him. So she's like, okay, well, I can't have that happening. Mm-hmm. So whether you like it or not, you're going to make sure nothing bad happens to Shiro. Uh, yeah, uh-huh. Um, also, this is... Uh, this sequence in particular is, is kind of brutal because they're both blaming themselves for things. Because, like... Shiro sort of rightfully is is blaming himself for not noticing Sakura's problems earlier, mm-hmm. which which who knows may have may have prevented you know this particular stuff from even happening, uh, or at the very least not nearly as severely as it currently is happening. Um, meanwhile, Sakura is here thinking, oh. I I made like I basically forced Shiro to abandon his ideals um and is treating that as like doing something bad to him even though we know that is that is the best thing she could have done uh-huh. is to get him to give yes. up on his uh-huh. dumbass ideas Shiro you <laughs> that, dumb as fuck and you've misunderstood like four people's things you need to not yeah um, so she's done, she's actually done a good thing here, um, but because, like, she knows those ideals are important to Shiro, she, regardless of whether or not those ideals were actually bad, she is seeing herself as bad for making him break them. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's real rough. Uh, this whole scene is, like messy in an interesting way um because like uh, we also see during this scene that uh uh, sakura is like or shiro realizing sakura is only willing to accept like being killed because of her history of violence and trauma not because she actually wants it and, like, she doesn't actually know how to want for herself and not hate herself for it. And, like, how wildly, vilely unfair that is for her. And how she deserves better than that. Um, and, like, it, it is so viscerally satisfying to see him make that connection and immediately follow it up with, Oh, fuck, I also am in a similar boat of being fundamentally unable to imagine being happy myself. Fuck. Uh, shit. Yeah. Just this thing we've been wanting for him for three fucking roots. Him finally going, ooh, I should see a therapist is, like, so <laughs> incredible. Yeah. A therapist that isn't 
Rin trying her best to figure Rin, out what the fuck I, is wrong with her. I listen. I love Rin. She's a delight. I cannot think of anybody less equipped to be a therapist in this entire fucking game. <laughs> Rin is, the, is better. Rin is the definition of functional and fucked up at the same time and like yeah. just doesn't understand why everybody else just doesn't function just fine and bury it deeper. Rin, Rin for everything that she is a Japanese just, woman uh has that Irish Catholic bottling to her. Like you just uh, bury I'm, that shit down deep and you just don't think about it. I'm realizing that Rin and Sakura are I can fix him, I can make him worse respectively. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's true. <laughs> uh, day 14. Uh, Shiro and Rin have breakfast together the next morning. She tells him she'll look after Sakura today since she since he's clearly tired. She then briefly jokes about trying to imitate Ryder's mystic eyes to put him to sleep, put him to sleep for a while. Uh, eventually, Rin leaves and Shiro considers his options. Even if they defeat Zoken, the shadow likely won't disappear, so he'll have to figure out how, how to defeat it without killing Sakura. He suddenly remembers that Kiria extracted pieces of the Crestworm earlier, and he must have noticed it was created from the Grail. Uh, without telling anybody what he's doing, he runs to the chapel to ask, ask him what's inside the Grail. Uh, Rin notices Shiro leave, but she decides to check on Sakura first. However, she finds Ryder acting as uh, a body double in Sakura's bed. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> it's the sitcom, just like, put Fuck someone it. else in your bed and hope no one notices. It, it, it's the Ferris Bueller's Day Off thing. Yeah. Where they put the dummy in the bed. Yeah. Uh, Sakura has gone to face Zoken herself and instructed Ryder to keep Rin in Shiro's house until she returns. At the Mato house, Sakura arrives only to find the house empty of both Zoken and his worms. She's distressed. Her pain. Uh, she's distressed about this. Her pain. Her plan hinged on him taking the bait, but he's nowhere to be found. As he tries to figure out what's happening, Shinji appears behind her and knocks her out. Yeah, uh, I mean the, the implication here is pretty clearly like yeah, Zoken called this shot like. He yeah. pushed Shiro into position to bait Sakura into coming out to come here. And, well, then he put Shinji on the board. Yeah. Um, we cut back to Shiro, who arrived at the church and asked Kyrie if he knew that Sakura was a grail. He did know, of course. Uh, Shiro then asked why he bothered wait, to save wait, her wait. life. You're missing the best part of this conversation, which is oh. Shiro shows up and Kyrie goes, "Oh, hey Shiro, uh, I are you changing your faith in your moment of crisis here? Uh, I, I, I'm happy to accept your prayers." He's just the oh, cattiest yeah. bitch out of nowhere because he knows exactly <laughs> why Shiro's here. Yeah, it's so good. I love Kyrie. He's such a bitch. Uh, yeah, I can't include every good, just sarcastic jab Kyrie has because that would uh, up my word count on this thing by just so much. <laughs> no, I, that's um, that's fair. I just I, I wanted to mention <laughs> him him just immediately being a catty bitch out of the gate. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, Kyrie clarifies that he didn't save Sakura to protect Sakura. He saved her to protect the shadow that she's conceiving. Shiro asks what it is, but Kyrie wants Shiro to first tell him what he thinks it is. 
Shira replies that Zoken told him the shadow was the contents of the grail. Kyrie then asks if Shira believes everything Zoken said. He doesn't trust him, but his explanation does appear to match, match the facts. Kyrie says Zoken didn't lie, but he was omitting some information. Quote, Zoken the power omit in- information? Yeah, what a shock. Quote, the power in the Holy Grail is colorless. It is colorless, so it will never attack people on its own. Power without direction only disperses. There exists something that kills people inside the Holy Grail. That is the only possible explanation, end quote. Something that shouldn't exist somehow was waiting within the Grail. It was this taint that caused the fire ten years ago. The Carlos Grail became corrupted when the Einsburns summoned something they shouldn't have during the Third Ritual. However, the corruption is still a baby. It is trying to birth itself by consuming Sakura's power and taking control of her body. This is where the game starts to... This is where Kyrie starts to sound like a a pro-lifer and it gets uncomfortable. He is Uh, a priest! Yeah, that's true. Um, The Black Shadow is not the contents of the Grail. It is already Sakura herself. However, as long as Sakura maintains her sanity, she can keep the shadow inside. Uh, quote, Mato Sakura can accept the cure, the curse as part of her, or her sanity, or her sanity can cave into the magical energy of the curse. The darkness in her will be will be given birth the instant either occurs. She is the shadow already. Even if the war were over, you could never return her to her original form. End quote. Shiro calls the shadow a monster, but Kyrie disagrees. How can they judge it when it hasn't been born yet? The shadow is simply using Sakura to suck lives needed for the birth of the actual entity. It cannot be judged to be good or evil since it's acting unconsciously. He insists that you can't reject that which hasn't been born and thus cannot be punished. Quote, a clear evil does not exist in this world. But if there is an evil in this world, would it not would it not be the act of denying what is about to be born? End quote. That is specifically the quote that made me raise my eyebrows. Uh, yeah, I, for me, part of what I read here is less of a pro life argument and more. Kyrie is clearly a person reaching a almost desperation. Yeah. Um, uh, also, also, the fact that like something he says very soon after this is clearly like, oh, he's not actually radical. This is not an actual radical pro-life analogy. Uh, no, th- this is yeah. Kyrie sees a thing that is like him and is desperate for him to validation. have a justification and validation for existence. Yeah. Um, before he starts to sound uh, too much like a pro-lifer, he amends his statement slightly. He says he'll only protect what lies within the grail after it has been born. If Sakura chooses to reject the child before it is born, he will respect her decision. Uh, Shiro asks one last question. Can Sakura be saved? Kyrie says there is one small chance. If Sakura is able to retain her mind for even a few seconds after becoming the grail, Shiro can control the grail and use its power to destroy both the baby and the crest worm. However, he says that taking control of the Grail in that short a time is a miracle he could not hope to achieve on his own. It's like, yes, technically. It it, it is technically possible in the same way that I guess it's technically possible for a single human being to control a waterfall in two seconds. 
Good luck, yeah. bitch. Yeah. Uh, um, Shiro comes... Sorry, the, go ahead. There is one thing that I do think is important here. Uh, is the part where uh, Kyrie says uh, she can either accept the darkness uh, in her or she can succumb. Um, or whatever the exact quote was, uh, but either way, she cannot go back to what she was, which is like, that is fundamentally true about soccer from this point forward, regardless. Like, yeah, the, 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 like the, the abuse doesn't go away regardless of whether or not well, Shiro saves her life. It is not just that the abuse doesn't go away. It is that her coping mechanism of pretending it's not happening is no longer an option. You, you yeah. cannot put this genie back in the bottle for her. She can either – she is hitting rapidly a critical point where she can either break or she can start do the work of getting better. And part of the work of doing better – like part of the thing that makes Sakura in such a rough spot is she – we'll get into this later. She thinks thinking bad things is the same as doing bad things to people. Yeah. And she is has such a tight grasp on it that even subconsciously she can't want to hurt people. And again, we'll get to this in a minute. Yeah, we're we're about to enter full Joker mode. Uh, uh, we're not. That okay? We're gonna have a conversation about Joker mode. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, these things are ruled. <laughs> uh. Shiro comes back home to find that Sakura has been gone for two hours. Despite both Rin and Ilya's objections, Shiro runs back out to the Mato household to find her. He enters Sakura's room to find Shinji's corpse on her bed. Which... Hell yeah, Shinji's finally fucking dead. Uh, uh, but oh, there's a this, catch to that. Um, okay, I need to give a very heavy... Um, This is oh yeah we're the about most to get into... graphically represent explicitly represented uh, sexual assault I've read in any work that I can think of. Um, coming up here, uh, so content warning for that. Um, what I will say is, if you are playing this game, there are no CGs. There is zero titillation attempted here. Um, yeah. There is still some frustrating gender stuff happening here um mm -hmm. in a way that i'm still wrestling with uh but it is explicitly rape yeah it, it's it's not presented in like the weird sort of of uh, sex that, as like, violence no yeah. this is this is explicitly um, rape. yeah like the 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 obvious intent here is for this to be at horrifying, which does not necessarily excuse Nasu from using this uh, to be the thing that finally puts Sakura over. Um, but uh, it, it, yeah, it's not in the that, same yeah. realm as like non-consensual porn that is meant to be titillating. Yes, it, it, it yes it, and the reason I highlight that is like we have seen that before in this game like yeah we saw that with the with the rin sex scene right like, no not to the same extent but still that, like they are very very different things this is explicitly a thing that is horrifying and vile um and, yeah. and i don't think the game handles it well i don't think nasu has really the chops to handle it well but there is an intent here that i think is worth mentioning at the very least 
Yeah. That being said, we may want to put timestamps around this um, just to uh, uh, let folks know. But yeah, the, the thing that is going to happen next is we're going to have uh, a pretty explicit attempt uh, by Shinji to sexually assault Lakra and the statement that he has been doing so for 11 years. Yeah. Um, also, I am not going to summarize it to that detailed extent, no. though we may end up talking about uh, I, it for a while. There are parts so. of it that I think are worth talking about, which is why I, I yeah. just I, I wanted to give that brief summary so if folks want to yeah, skip so around Yeah, so the timestamp will be... This timestamp will be more for the discussion around it as opposed to me yes. describing things, because I'm not going to fucking do that. <laughs> no, no. Um, yeah. uh, it, it is one of the few instances of Nasu um, engaging in description of physicality. Uh, like, th there is an immediacy of physicality uh, that is often only really present for even just only a couple of the sex scenes, too. Um, but, like, the fight scenes don't have an immediacy of bodies occupying a space in the same way this scene does, which yeah. is part of what lends it that sense of horror, because it's immediately apparent, oh, this is, like, a person doing this thing to another person, and it's yeah, very so, upsetting. But before we get in further, I'm just gonna, let's, oh, yeah. for editing purposes, give a couple, a few moments of silence so I sure. can place a timestamp. If you'd prefer to avoid the summary and discussion of the abuse scene and skip to our discussion of Shinji's death, skip to about 44 minutes and 30 seconds. Okay, uh, so I'm going to read this short summary first I made. It's just like yeah. a paragraph, mm -hmm. and then we'll go back and talk about the whole thing. Um, so... Uh, Shinji has just found, sorry, Shiro has just found Shinji's corpse lying on Sakura's bed. We then immediately cut to a flashback, um, s presumably soon after Sakura has been knocked unconscious by Shinji. Um, so, uh, Shinji is attempting to rape Sakura as the game states he has done for many years now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it is a thing that the game had hinted at um, a plethora of times and, like, gestured at him as, like, a person who would do this sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, but never fully pulled the trigger on. Um, and here we are. Yep. Uh, so this time is presented as unusual in that Sakura is actually resisting his efforts at first um however eventually she does just stop trying to fight um and but she does think that she wishes that shinji never existed um uh, and at that instant shinji is killed by the shadow uh so i, I there's actually a second part of that that i think is important which is, for 11 years, she did not even ever wish him dead. Yeah. Like, she still cared for him, she was still her brother. Which is but, wild. Which is, <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. But then, the second part is, she does not wish for him to be dead, she does not wish to kill him, she does not wish to inflict bodily harm on him, she just wishes he wasn't a person who existed to hurt her anymore. Like, yeah. the most mild possible version 
of the I, just I desire to not be in pain anymore. Um, and the thing explicitly that sets her off is not she uh, is not Shinji attempting to sexually assault her. It is explicitly uh, uh, Shinji threatening to tell Shiro about yeah. uh, this, um, which is the one bit that uh, Sakura has not told Shiro about, and she is yeah. certain that Shiro can accept her. But she is worried that it would result in him killing another part of himself off like that, as she thinks of it, um, and yeah, is she, unwilling to accept that. That's that's like the the most depressing thing, honestly, is that, uh, like she gives Shiro enough credit, um, and like she's right to give him enough credit uh, that like Shiro, um, like would not like would not consider that to be something that he'd dump her for. Uh, yeah. Um, but then she doesn't go like the extra step to also think like, she thinks that she would, that he would be compromising something in himself, uh, which is the most depressing thing. Yeah. I mean, because again, she has all of this self-loathing and this just like deep self-hatred and like, she clearly, in part blames herself for part of this like um the thing that is worth mentioning about this scene it is frustrating the way it talks about uh her body in this because it frames it as like a lot of it is shinji talking so i'm willing to give it the benefit of the doubt and say he's just a fucking monster who is talking about how oh obviously her body wants men um, et cetera, et cetera. The same, the issue is it is the shit we've been hearing before. Yeah. The problem like, is it's, it's the same sort of language that we had been seeing in the actual consensual sex scenes. Like, so it's getting energy. The thing that makes it even approach workable for me is those sex scenes have largely been, even if they are from like a third person omniscient perspective are still in a large part from Sakura's perspective using her language. And like, this is the language and terminology she has been hearing around sex for literally 11 years, like her whole life. And so like her conceptualizing sex that way, um, like, and literally having heard this her whole life makes sense. I don't like it. It's bad. I have really complicated ambivalent feelings about it. I My main frustration is I don't think this game has the chops or does the work to fully sell that because it it is not willing to dig into the dirt uh, and i think part of that is just straight up because it's not the whole work or game isn't from soccer's perspective if it really yeah. wanted to do that work it needs to be from soccer's perspective as a whole we need yeah. her framing and we don't get that and so like it it feels like it is trying to do something and it is not equipped to do it in part because like Nasu man, I do not think you are the person I want telling this story. Yeah, no, <laughs> like, but, but like I, I, I am giving you the credit I can give you, but I do not think you got it, man. 
Yeah, I I don't like that this is how Nasu chose to like push Sakura over the edge. Um, no, do like that. She fucking murders him though. That's sick. That fucking rules. That uh, so the one thing I will say is. Uh, I do like that this is, like, the first conscious murder Sakura commits, because uh, it it does feel like Nasu is trying to get you fully on board and go, no, no, she deserves it. Go for it, yeah. Sakura. Yeah, no, this this is clearly supposed to, this is clearly, like, meant to be a moment of catharsis for, like, putting Everyone. up these bullshit this entire time. It's like, oh, this fucker is finally dead. <laughs> Yeah, it, it does uh, not feel like it is the most self-defense like, anything Sakura has treats it as a tragedy because Sakura is Sakura, but right. you are clearly supposed to be hyped about it. Yeah, like there's a moment here where it's like, oh, you're supposed to pop the fuck off that he's dead, huh? Yeah. Um, yeah, what's also interesting to me is that it happens because she wishes that Shinji never existed. Like, this will become more explicit later, but I do want to mention here that, like, they mentioned that Sakura is already, like, has a... basically a completed grail inside her. It, yeah, and but, like, again, it, it is not an active, I am going to do this. It is, I yeah. have this absent thought uh, because a person is hurting me. And, like, that distinction, I think, is very important because, like, yeah. there is no intentionality behind it. Yeah, and the the reason why it happens this way is that, like, we already know from what Kyrie has said about the Grail that its taint makes the, like, the only way the Grail knows how to grant wishes anymore is through killing. Mm-hmm. So it grants her wish by just killing this, this motherfucker. And good. <laughs> like, yeah. Good job, uh, Grail. You did something yeah. right for a change. And so, like, I, I think that is important because, like, she immediately blames herself for a thing that, like, okay. So I, I think here is a point where we have to talk about the distinction between Shinji and Sakura, because this is a game that is simultaneously saying uh, uh, Sakura is a character who is. Not not responsible for the harm she has inflicted upon others, but is not culpable in the same way. But meanwhile presents Shinji, a just straight up monster, who you are genuinely supposed to... Uh, who is equally scarred by his history, by violence done to him. And it, it, at first glance, it is a circle that you can't square. Um... And I think that is where the core distinction between the two of them falls is like Sakura does Sakura had these feelings and these reactions. She caused harm, but like she is a not culpable and B actively struggles and we'll see her actively struggle uh, against the desire to harm people uh, for her whole life. And meanwhile, Shinji just decided, oh, I am not responsible and reveled in that harm. Um, yeah. And, and like, I, I think that distinction is very important. Like, Sakura is given that rope because she worked for it. She earned it. She suffered and deserved it. And meanwhile, yeah, man, Shinji is horrifyingly abused too. He, he had a rough life. Uh, 
the harm he inflicted on others was willful and joyous, and he deserves what he got. And the game yeah. thinks so too. And I, I think that distinction is important to make because it makes clear that it is not just a history of violence is enough to excuse you from your actions. It is also you have to be, like, trying. It, it, yeah. Like, it, Shinji, it is why Shinji Kyrie is tried. damned. Yeah. yeah. It, it, well, it is also why Kyrie is damned, because he stopped trying. Yeah. Um, like, and, and Sakura didn't even have any friends and she still tried to resist um she tried for 11 goddamn years yeah like shinji had never once wished her brother dead yeah shinji had been shiro's friend for a while shinji was surrounded by better influences that he could have been more like if he just gave enough of a shit but he didn't yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) shinji's Uh, a monster he deserves to die i think i I hate yeah. his fucking inclusion in this game. I, I do not think him being in this game and trying to hurt Sakura... I, I do not think him in this game as he is works for me very well. I'm I'm pretty unhappy with the gendered violence and the sexual violence he brings to this game. Yeah, because um, he, he doesn't add anything that Zoken doesn't already exist. Uh, not anything, but I, like... I think the counterpoint of him as a willful proponent of violence, uh, even with that history, is an important comparison to Sakura. However, yeah. I think the way he inflicts that violence is excessive and exploitative. Yes. Uh, I, yeah. Like, I, I am unhappy with... I think the role he serves is uh, one that makes sense and seems kind of necessary. But I think the way it is presented is exploitative and just fucking gross to read. Yeah, it's it's extreme. Um, and ugh, just I fucking hate Shinji, man. Um, at least we're like, at least it's clear that like, hey, the work clearly recognizes him as the fucking monster he actually is. Like, it clearly knows what he is, which in retrospect makes Fate and Unlimited Blade Works worse, huh? Yeah, uh huh. That he's been doing uh, this for eleven years, and that those two roots are just like, ah, Shinji's okay. Well, actually, in Fate, he at least dies. That's Ilya true. In Fate, him. he does die. Yeah, Ilya's like, hey, you forgot something. Don't worry, I got it for you. <laughs> Ilya, a real like, one, even in Fate. Shout out to Ilya. Ilya. Yeah. The only route where he doesn't die is Unlimited Blade Works, which is why UBW is just the worst route. <laughs> it's fucked up that we're... It is fucked. Did, did you imagine that we would think UBW was the worst route when we started this? No, I, I I figured like that would be fate. I I, I figured it would but either honestly, be fate or it would be heaven's feel because heaven's feel would have been a swing and a miss. Yeah, but honestly, like UVW, just worst route both metatextually and kind of textually too. <laughs> uh, um. All right. Anyway, uh, almost done with this section. Um. So Sakura observes Shinji's corpse and realizes that she doesn't feel anything. It was easy, actually, to kill. If she knew it was that easy, she would she would have done it earlier. She accepts the shadow as part of herself and becomes something different. Uh, 
Back in the present, Zoken, speaking from a distance through his worms, reveals it was his plan all along, Keiko, Keikaku Dori, uh, to have either Shiro or Shinji be the one to finally break Sakura's resistance. All she needs to do now is absorb Archer. Realizing what this means, Shiro rushes out of the house to, to try and protect Ilya. Um, uh, yeah, so uh, Sakura is becoming Dark Sakura. <laughs> Uh, we'll have a going... conversation here when she talks to Kyrie later. Oh yeah, because that was great. She is not. Yeah, that 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 man Kyrie is gonna have some good shit coming up. Uh, I, 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 that conversation I think is cipher for like it, it is like the key part for the cipher of the whole work because like she is trying very hard to be Dark Sakura. She is. <laughs> Trying so hard to be Dark Sakura, and she's just not. Yep. So, alone at the Emiya house, uh, Ilya contemplates how the war has returned to its original site. The Magi use one of the gates located at the four compass points and move on to the next when one of them fa- when one war fails. The first site was the Ryudo Temple, then the Tosaka household, then the church. And finally, the burned field that we know so well from the Fourth War. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one day we will get more context for that war than just Shira going like four years ago, ten years ago when the fire happened. I mean, I don't think we need more context. <laughs> yeah. Like for for this, I don't think it's necessary. Yeah, no, I... no, we we don't. It's just funny that it's just always the burned field. Uh-huh. Uh Now the fifth. Now the fifth war has returned back to the temple. However, unbeknownst to Zoken, the gate that Sakura opened is a different one than what Ilya was meant to open. At this time, Sakura returns. Rin, is, Rin greets her and places her, uh, herself to defend Ilya. Rin berates Sakura for not trusting Shiro enough to just stay in the goddamn house like he asked her to. Uh-huh. Quote, you went alone and made the same mistake you always made, end quote. Sakura admits that's true of her former self, but she's stronger now. She reveals her corruption, and Rin hesitates. Uh, Everything about how Sakura is talking here, too, is the most, like, intentional affectation on the planet. It is is the most... It is is Red Sele from Honkai Impact 3rd. Well, the thing it read to me as is, 13-year-old who gets super into Hot Topic and being edgy goth, two weeks ago yes it's like ah yes a, a, a week ago you were right that was a mistake but now i am fucked up on power and, and like it, it is like so blatantly an affectation that is just not true and is her trying to put up a front that it's like oh sakura honey oh yeah. honey because the thing is like saber also got corrupted from the shadow, and she's not talking like that. No. She's well, just like, talking like Saber, but as more of a dick now. Well, like, <laughs> like it, it is clear she thinks she has hit the point of no return, of she is unforgivable because she has killed Shinji, and, like, there is just nothing she can do to come back, so she just feels like... Uh, she feels like she's hit the sunk cost fallacy, and she just has yeah. to go all in. And, like, you don't, honey. Uh, you are trying so hard, and you don't have to do this. Yeah. Um, so, 
and I said she reveals the corruption. I should be more specific about that. So much like how it was revealed um, in Limited Blade Works that Ilya's body was just absolutely covered in, um, like, uh, a command spell. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sakura also has a similar thing going on where she's just got these... um, uh, markings just all all across her body going up to her neck it looks pretty sick i'm not gonna yeah. lie it looks, yeah, it looks sick. dope um sakura rules man i fucking love sakura <laughs> uh sensing rin's fear sakura floods the yard with shadow and and saber altar emerges from the black uh the corrupted champion has returned uh sakura orders altar to capture Ilya. uh Meanwhile, Sakura attacks Rin with black tentacles, trying to catch and absorb her. Rin is absurdly outmatched and is eventually captured. Just fully bodied! Yeah. Uh, Sakura drains her of her magic and is about to kill her, but she hesitates just long enough for Shiro to finally arrive. Uh, I-, I don't think Shiro it is re- just long enough, because it, it ex- the shadow does not come out at all, and she is trying to force herself. Yeah. But, like, it is not even like, oh, she is imminently about to murder uh, uh, Rin when uh, Shiro shows up. It is she is trying to force herself to murder Rin, but there is no indication that she's even close to successful. Like, that that is the first real hint to me that, like, even going sicko mode, even going or turning into the Joker, like, Sakura still cannot bring herself to inflict real intentional purposeful harm and murder on people yeah um shiro rushes over to rin and tries to free her however the tar will not withdraw unless sakura orders it to sakura asks him why he's trying to help rin shiro says he'd protect her but then he watched uh sorry uh sakura uh blames shiro for saying that he'd protect her but then he watched over everyone except for sakura uh sakura has resolved to kill him so his suffering will end and she'll be with him forever she which is exactly the sort of thing that an emo teenager uh would say if they were trying to play up being an emo teenager gonna be real Uh, she's earned her emo face uh she More attempts... than any child has ever heard an emo phase in their lives. Yeah. Uh, she attempts... <laughs> she... I was just about to say, man, just... We just, you know, instead of doing this, like, let's just have Sakura watch some Invader Zim and she'll eventually grow out of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, you're so, right. Yeah. It's like, oh, actually, is this kind of lame? It's like, yeah, it kind of always was. <laughs> uh... Sakura turns her, uh, she attempts to swallow, swallow him with the shadow, but Ryder slashes the black wave apart and frees him. Sakura turns her attention to il- eliminating Ryder, at which point Ilya interrupts everyone. Ilya says she'll go with Sakura if she leaves everyone else alone. She's going to die either way, and resistance is useless. However, the formal dress, uh, quote, the quote formal dress, end quote, isn't here. Uh, if Sakura wants to open the gate, they'll have to go to Ilya's castle to get it. Sakura relents, and the shadow complete w- completely withdraws. 
Shiro tries to run after them, but Saber intervenes, telling him that the only way for Sakura to be released is for her to obtain the Grail. And she will kill him if he follows. Sakura seems, like, glad for an excuse to not have to do this. Yeah. Like, like she is, like, Because she glad... just could kill everyone pretty easily if she actually wanted to. She could have just killed them outright. Like, she didn't have to, like, toy with Rick. She could have just killed her in one go, like, right away. Yeah. It, it would have been easy. She could have just done what she had done to Shinji. She doesn't want to hurt them. She thinks she is supposed to and is just, like, doubling down because yeah. she, she is may a want to make them child. suffer for a bit, um, but she doesn't actually want to kill them. Yeah, because she has given over, like, she has willfully given over to her baser impulses and her id, which has been repressed for fucking her whole life. Yeah. Like, yeah, man, she's a little petty right now because turns out Shiro was best friends with the person who had spent 10 years hurting her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Weird. She might have some complicated feelings. And Rin is the person who is from the family who gave her away and who kept an eye on her, but didn't ever actually do anything to help her, even yeah, though she was like, suffering constantly. Like, Yeah, Rin was a good enough mage that she could have just, like, kicked Shinji's ass very easily. Mm-hmm. It's been like, no, fuck this, I'm taking Sakura back. Or if she had actually Like, been what the fuck was Zoken find... gonna do? <laughs> like... or, or if she was, like, actually interested in finding out what was happening or, like, keeping track of Sakura's well-being, she could have found it out. It's not yeah. like Shinji could have kept it secret. Yeah, like, she... Rin herself says, like, man, I should have broken the... I should have broken this dumb agreement my dad made a, a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we move on to day 15, um, because soon after all this occurred, like, Shiro just fucking passed out. Um, in his unconscious state, Shiro's mind goes over the impossibility of his situation. Even still, he resolves to, he resolves to save Sakura and bring back Ilya. As he yells out his, his resolve, like, doing a shonen speech in his sleep... Uh, mm-hmm. He wakes up and finds himself in the chapel with Kyrie standing in front of him. The last person you want to accidentally do a shonen speech in front of. <laughs> I love uh, Kyrie so much! Oh, Sorry, God. You, you, you cut out there. Oh, I just said that I love Kyrie so much! Yeah. Uh, Shiro and Rin were left right outside the door. He wanted to just leave them there, but it would ruin the reputation of the church if people noticed two dead bodies right outside. Uh, He tells Shiro it's currently 3 a.m. He has been sleeping for about 12 hours. Since Rin had her magical energy taken away... Oh, this is one of my favorite parts. Uh, Since since Rin had her her magical energy taken away, Kyrie left her at her house to recover. She should regain consciousness by tomorrow afternoon. Quote, the soil of that land is special. It is a ley line that is said to have been home to vampires. <laughs> Rin is her family's heir, so she will be back to her impudent self if I keep her buried for a day. And quote. Uh, Shiro hopes he's not being literal about burying her, but doesn't ask. Shiro just straight up basically goes, I... I, I cannot ask. I can't. I cannot handle this right now. I'm just not gonna ask. <laughs> yeah. It's also it's just impossible to tell when Kyrie is being serious or not. It's uh, delightful. Uh, I do. I do want vampire Rin now. 
Of course you do. That is the least surprising thing you've ever said. (laughs) Uh, Shiro leaves the church in order to head to Ilya's castle, uh, but he notices Kyrie following him. The priest has decided to lend his power, since Rin is not available, and he can't simply stand by as Ilya is kidnapped. She is the grail, after all, and it's technically his job to protect it. Um, However, he only attempts to cooperate until Ilya has been rescued. Shiro accepts his help. After all, he at least knows that they both hate Zoken. <laughs> yeah, everybody it's there. hates Zoken. <laughs> uh, Kyrie prepares a car and driver who takes them to the edge of the forest. Kyrie instructs the driver to wait there until the date changes or Shiro comes back alone. He then opens the trunk and in- instructs Shiro to take the sword that's stored there. The sword is a weapon of the church called a black key. It's not magic, but it is sacred. The church uses them to fight spirits. However, Kyrie warns him to do his best not to get into a situation where where he has to use it. Kyrie heads into the forest, appearing to not have any weapons on him at all. As they make their way through the forest, Kyrie tells Shiro not to even think about saving Sakura right now. They will have a chance to deal with her once they rescue Ilya and can prepare something that can match her. Besides, the only way to save Sakura now is to either eliminate the main body of the Shadow, or wait until Sakura materializes it. Since neither of them can defeat the Shadow, their only option is to avoid her and wait until the Shadow is born. Additionally, once the Shadow is born, it will become a separate entity, and the curse tainting Sakura should stop. Shiro, confused, asks if the entity is inside Sakura. Kyrie explains that it's in the Holy Grail, not her. The main Holy Grail exists as the magic circle the three Magus families created on the land itself that governs the Holy Grail War ritual. Shiro realizes that if the war was man-made, then there must be a man-made cause. Finally! Finally, he's catching on to that. Uh, he reasons yeah, that if he uh-huh. can... He reasons that if he can find the large-scale magic circle and destroy it, he may be able to purge the shadow that way. He asks Kyrie if he knows where the circle is. Kyrie has a guess, but he recommends asking Rin if he wants to know the entrance, since the Tosaka family are the supervisors of Fuyuki. However, he will not be helping. Shiro destroy. uh... Uh... However, he will not be helping Shiro destroy the main grail, since it's his goal to see the completion of the magic circle. Uh, Kind of working at cross-purposes here. Uh, Meanwhile, Sakura is ripping apart Einsburn Castle as she slowly loses her sanity from the pain she's enduring. Zoken, watching on, reveals to Assassin that Sakura still hasn't killed Saber and Berserker. They are trapped within her, but still alive. She likely did it to keep Zoken in check, but it means that the magical energy they draw from the Grail is accelerating her transfiguration. Zoken believes she, that she will eventually become that she will eventually become his, no matter what she does. Assassin does not agree with this. He thinks that she'll become even more difficult to control once she loses her sanity, and that Zoken is far too arrogant about his capabilities. Kind of hard to argue against Assassin being right here. Yeah, uh, uh-huh. Suddenly, Assassin senses Kyrie and Shiro have infiltrated the castle. He leaves to intercept them, and Sakura sends Berserker out to fight them as well. 
We return to Kyrie and Shiro's perspective just before this moment as they climb up climb up the castle walls. This is this is pretty funny. Um, Kyrie is like, oh well, it's a there is no obvious entrances, but it should be pretty pretty easy enough to climb up the bricks of the castle and just go in. And Shiro's like, are you are you kidding me? That's easy for you. And Kyrie's just like. Yeah, I don't, I don't see what the issue is. Just yeah, climb, just free climb. It's not like it's a mountain. Yeah, and Curious like, look, just do exactly what I do, and nothing else. Otherwise, you'll probably just fall down and die. Also, leave the sword <laughs> here. I just gave it to you so I could explain what a black key was. Yeah. <laughs> um. So they make their way up, and then Shiro breaks through a third story window and is lucky enough to find Ilya just right there in front of him. Surprised to see him breaking through a window. <laughs> Uh, she tries to lie to him by saying that actually she's okay with sacrificing herself, but Shiro is not buying it. She tries to tell him to go back. At this point, a typical choice prompt comes up. However, all three choices are the same thing. This fucking Bring rules. Bring Ilya back. Yeah. This fucking rules. Uh-huh. It, it's, a, it's a good way of communicating the fact that, like, no, Shiro is resolved to fucking save Ilya no matter what. Uh, Unironically, this kicks ass. It's like one of my favorite choices in the game. Mm-hmm. Realizing she's not going to change his mind, and seemingly happy about that fact, uh, Ilya stops resisting and agrees to go back with him. At this moment, Kyrie comes through the window and asks them why they're wasting time. They need to go outside before their enemies catch up. Uh, they both jump out the window, and Shiro... Thinking that's what he's supposed to do, too, it just does the same thing. He's so stupid. And then when he lands on the ground, like, failing to use mad, failing to use magic to strengthen himself, he just somehow, like, falls down, like, three-plus stories and survives. Uh, so, Ilya so it's and three stories of a castle, but he says it's yeah. closer to eight stories of a regular building. Yeah, yeah, and, like... He survives. Like, he's he hurts himself, but he's pretty much fine. He is literally unharmed beyond, like, kind of bruised. Yeah, and Ilya and Kyrie are like, why did you do that? What, why did you not use magic? Anybody, I, like, I'm fine because I'm Kyrie, and she's fine because she's Ilya. Why you like this, dude? Why you gotta <laughs> yeah. be stupid? It's just very funny in this moment of, like, Tense, we've got to get out of here. They both take a moment to dunk on him for just jumping out a window because they did the same thing. It is so funny. To be fair, Shiro deserves to be bullied. Yeah. Uh, as Shiro dusts himself off, the group hears Berserker's roar. They flee through the forest as fast as they can. However, Ilya can't run as fast as them, and Shiro will lose significant speed if he carries Ilya. Uh, which causes us to get... A very funny CG where Kyrie picks up Ilya and just carries her himself. <laughs> it's so funny. Um, God. Uh, Shiro notices, however, that both of them are running far faster than a, nor a normal human should be able to accomplish. Um, some of Archer's physical, physical abilities are flowing into Shiro through his arm. Thankfully, if they keep this pace, they'll escape Berserker. Uh, Kyrie thinks there must be something wrong with this Shadow Berserker, and it's possible he can no longer see through his own eyes, which is, show which is slowing his pursuit. 
They still need to deal with Assassin, though. Uh, Kyrie hands Ilya off to Shiro at this point and pulls out three black keys that, hold, that he holds between his fingers like he's fucking Wolverine. It's so funny. Man, those are swords. Why are you yeah. using them like that? Yeah, That's just, a sword. Yeah, no, it's... It's he's he were he uses them like throwing daggers, but they're just long swords. But they're just literally full fucking swords. It's so <laughs> funny. Yeah. Uh, he orders Shiro to leave him behind and keep running. Shiro feels like this will be the last time he sees Kiri alive, but he trusts him and does as he's ordered. We now get you an interlude. Never trust Kyrie. No, never. Uh, we now get an interlude where we learn that Kyrie is something called an ex. An ex- and either an, either an executor or an, or an executor. I'm not sure which it's supposed to be. I'm guessing executor. Uh, special agents of the ch- church tasked by the 120 cardinals to destroy evil. They purge anything that is not part of God's teachings. Zoken is surprised that Kyrie stayed behind his bait. Kyrie says he knew that both of them weren't going to leave the forest alive, so he wants to do something for himself before he meets his own end. He wants to kill Zokin. As his black keys clash with Assassin's daggers, we jump back to Shiro, who is running with all his might. Ilya can tell that Berserker is about to catch up with them, though, and she screams at Shiro to stop. He does so, and, he, and immediately strengthens the black key in his hand. It keeps him from being immediately—it keeps him from immediately dying. But Berserker's blow destroys the sword and sends him flying back several meters. Ilya tries to reach Berserker's mind but he is completely covered in the black mud and cannot be reached. Uh, Back with Kyrie, his battle isn't going a whole lot better. He's lasted a while, but he's still no match for Assassin. He's dodged 20 daggers, but the three Assassin fires next will be his last. They're a feint meant to leave him open to Assassin's arm. Assassin suspects that Kyrie knows this and has set things up for a mutually assured destruction. Assassin is confident, though, that the Black Keys cannot harm him. Assassin's cursed arm strikes the priest, but something strange happens. He feels no response, as if his heart is empty. In the next instant, he feels the three Black Keys Kyrie hurled at him impact his body, nailing him to the tree behind him. He's shocked that he was actually harmed by the weapons, but is more surprised that Kyrie managed to leap ten meters in an instant. Kyrie grabs Zoken's head and brings them both to the ground. Uh, then just fucking grinds and smashes Zoken's head and body into the into like the nearby ruined wall for a while. Yeah, uh, it's great. A very satisfying moment. It rules. Yeah, really fucks Zoken up. Uh, he almost completely destroys Zoken's body uh, and then completes the job with a baptismal chant. Quote. Within the systemic basis of their magic, the teachings of God are considered the greatest weapon against spirits, the key of providence that eliminates wandering souls. It sublimates the wish of the 500-year Magus with great mercy. Uh, I just love that the way to actually kill Zoken for good is to just bless him. Yeah, it is for this (laughs) fake priest to be a real priest for this brief moment. Yeah, it's like, you know... By the power of God, get the fuck out. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. Which, yeah, I mean, that makes sense to me. That seems appropriate. Yeah. Fuck you, Zoken. Eat shit, bitch. 
back with Shiro and Ilya, Ilya tries to plead with Berserker to stop, but her words don't reach him. Berserker swings at her, and Shiro barely has enough time to run back over and project Berserker's axe sword to block the blow. His projection quickly breaks, but it seems to disorient Berserker enough to allow them a chance to start running again. Archer's arm is exerting more influence, though, and he finds himself able to run far faster than he was before. Ilya, however, can't keep this up for long, and neither can he. They yeah, soon it turns find out homunculi were not designed with sprinting in mind. Yeah, no, they weren't really supposed to do this shit. <laughs> uh, they soon find the clearing where Saber's Excalibur cle- cleave the earth, and they try hiding in the crater. As they wait there, Shiro looks down at his left arm, his last remaining weapon. Chekhov's gun is about to go off. <laughs> yeah, uh, kinda, yeah. Yeah, releasing the cloth will almost certainly kill him, but the path he's chosen, saving both Ilya and Sakura, requires a miracle. The only way for him to exceed human capabilities is to use the arm of a servant. He tells Ilya that, somehow, he's sure he'll bear it and will definitely beat Berserker. The only thing he's truly scared of is losing his mind before he dies. He rips the cloth off, and his mind is immediately assaulted by a wind of steel that threatens to wash him completely away. Uh, what comes next is, one, next is one of the sickest sequences of it's events so in the entire cool, game. Dude. It's so fucking cool. I'm so mad that they <laughs> made me think that Shiro was cool. Uh, not just Shiro, but like also kind of Archer. <laughs> um, He's dead, so I can accept him being cool. I don't have to like acknowledge his presence. He can be dead, and I can just live with it. But yeah. Sh- I- Shiro's alive, and I have to be like, damn it, you are kind of cool. Fuck. Yeah, just as hope seems lost, though, he sees Archer's back in front of him, steadfastly standing against the wind. Archer turns his head back to Shiro and asks, Can you keep up with me? Uh, With renewed determination, Shiro says that's not the right question. The real question is if Archer can keep up with him. With all his might, he passes by the hero in the red, and it fucking kicks ass. Uh, His senses return, and Berserker is 30 meters away. The battle will be decided in the next three seconds. Shiro is no longer the same person as Archer. Unlimited Blade Works is not magic this Shiro can use. However, he can search within the infinite projections of Archer's reality marble to find exactly the right weapon to bring to bear. In an instant, Shiro projects Berserker's axe sword into his left arm, which is strong enough to wield it. However, mere projection won't be enough to defeat Berserker, he will need to surpass his own limits. Trigger off, he chants. He uses all 27 magic circuits in his head. As Berserker reaches him, Shiro steps forward and his mind takes aim at eight targets. Upper arm, collarbone, windpipe, temple, diaphragm, rib, testicles, and thigh. He aims at Berserker's nuts. That's... that's... This sure, moment is mean. so fucking cool. This uh, moment is so fucking cool. Then he un- then he unleashes his technique, set nine lives blade works. It's so cool. That name kicks ass, dude. <laughs> it does. Uh, every circuit is expended to attack with superhuman speed, delivering eight blows nearly instantaneously. Even this is not enough, though. Berserker is still barely standing, and his own attack will graze Shiro's head before Shiro's final attack can hit. However, Berserker's blow never lands. He stops his weapon and looks toward it, looks forward at Ilya, who just emerged from her cover. 
Shiro's blow hits home, and Berserker finally crumbles to dust. Uh, their tribulations aren't over yet, though, as Saber soon emerges from the forest. However, she decides not to kill them. He'll die soon enough anyway, and he's earned his reprieve by defeating Berserker. Shiro takes this it, chance to escape with Ilya. It almost reads in the same sort of way as, like, uh, she's glad, like Sakura was, that she doesn't have to do this, or she, that she has an excuse to not do this, because she says, oh, Sakura's calling me back, so I'm gonna, I'm just gonna go. Yeah, yeah, because Saber's still Saber. Yeah. E- even as an altar. Um, yeah, I mean, like, that—that that is, like, the thing about the shit, or, like, the gunk from the cup, is, like, you're still, a, like, a person that you were. Yeah, like, Gilgamesh isn't a, a fucked up dude because of the gunk. He's a fucked up Gilgamesh dude. Gilgamesh is he's... just a fucked up dude. Gilgamesh yeah. is a, We find out explicitly, Gilgamesh wasn't corrupted. Yeah, yeah, Gilgamesh is like, Gilgamesh just, is just like that like because that. he's the biggest king who ever kinged. So of course Gilgamesh he's a is just a prick. Yeah. <laughs> Which is maybe the funniest revelation that that dude is just like that. Uh-huh. God. Uh. Uh, back with Kyrie, Assassin asks ask him why his cursed arm, Zabaniah, failed to kill him. Kyrie explains, it bears the name of the fallen angel and is used to punish humans. Since Kyrie's heart is not human, it's resistant to Assassin's noble phantasm. I love whenever Nasu is just like, goes Calvin Ball with the... Well, I, okay, here, here's the thing. Well, like, not really Calvin Ball. There is an Ball, explanation, but... Uh... Kyrie is, like, kind of just talking it up and, like, bullshitting when, like, the explanation is very simple. He's His heart is already just that black goop. Like, he's al- yeah, Kyrie yeah, he is already basically dead. Like, Kyrie yeah. is dead. That explanation is way simpler than, it bears the name of Shaitan, and I right. am a priest, and yeah. it's like, Actually, Kyrie, if you check this weapon triangle. <laughs> Kyrie, <laughs> you're being a prick and you're just fucking with this dude when the explanation is so much easier. Yeah. Like, he, like, part of this is absolutely he is fucking with him. Yeah, uh, Kyrie knew how Assassin's arm worked because, because he watched Lancer die. Assassin leaves Kyrie alone with his thoughts. The priest thinks back to a time many years ago where he married a terminally ill woman as, ex- as an experiment to see if he could still be saved. Kyrie believes the women did truly love him and understood him in a way no one else could. But he could still not take joy in their relationship, except when she and his child were suffering. On her deathbed, two years later, Kyrie tells her he could not love her. She then takes her own life. Kyrie can only feel sad about the fact that he was not able to take her life himself. Um, she takes her own life and like is using that explicitly as proof that... like. Oh, obviously he did care about her because she's sad. Uh, because he's sad, she's dying. Um, which leads me to be like, Kyrie, man, I think you may have found the one fucked up woman, or the one woman fucked up enough to love you. Yeah, <laughs> you you may have hit the jackpot, man. Yeah. Um, also, the, also this this part where he says that he wished he had been the one to kill her um, really shines really brings additional context to why Kyrie seemed to be so insistent on, like, encouraging Shiro to be like, hey, someone kills Sakura, should probably be you. Uh, well, uh, uh, 
what is this because expl- there's an explicit quote there it is like ambiguous whether or not uh, uh he thinks he should actually kill her in that quote um and, and like even here it's like ambiguous because uh, uh it is ambiguous whether or not or what his actual feelings are uh, uh because there's one point where he basically says uh, um he basically kills the emotion that like could have grown into uh any actual affection or idea or like complication yeah Um, that that is the inherent problem here is that this flashback is being told from curie's point of view so when he says oh i'm only sad because i didn't get to kill her myself you can't really trust that because you already thinks that he is fucked up so the, like the it, narrative explicitly says you can't trust that because yeah. there is like things that cast that in doubt that the narrative then explicitly says Kyrie killed that thought in it or immediately rather than dwell on it because the moment he thinks about it any longer than two seconds, he will immediately start to doubt it. Like he is the conclusion, uh, or he is the conclusion soccer has reached taken to its ultimate con- like uh, end point. Yeah, like, this is like, sunk cost fallacy followed through all the way to the end. Like, uh, there is no other options here. Yeah, there's an implication here that, like, what he did feel was genuine sadness when she died. But Kyrie, at this point, what, like, was already convinced. Um, like, the, this experiment was flawed from the start because Kyrie was not, look, was not actually looking to be proven wrong. He was looking to be proven right about what he already believed about himself. Right. Um, So when he comes up against something that like contradicts that evidence, he finds a way to then make it conform. Mm -hmm. Um, Which is like a a pretty consistent thing people do in this game, which is like genuinely interesting. Like, yeah, people will consistently look for ways to confirm their biases. Um, after this event, Curie broke away from God's teachings and stopped searching for answers to explain his existence. Uh, his reminiscing is interrupted by Sakura, whose mind is now complete uh, has now been completely attuned to the curse, according to him. Uh, she hates the world and knows that she's just taking out her anger on other others, but she's no longer suppressing her urges. She claims the old Sakura doesn't exist, but Curie posits otherwise. Kyrie basically says, "Hey, listen. I know you're you're pretending to go sicko mode, man. Like I, I'm aware you're full of shit here." Yeah, he argues that she's still Sakura, and she doesn't need to craft a whole new personality to make excuses for her actions. This angers Sakura, and she begins torturing Kyrie by gaining control of his heart. She reveals that Kuritsugu shot Kyrie through the heart ten years ago. Kyrie only stayed alive thanks to a certain being. When Gilgamesh was showered with the grail, its taint flowed into Kyrie, because Kyrie was Gilgamesh's master. Kyrie was then... It was basically a feedback loop because Gilgamesh was uncorruptible, because he's Gilgamesh, and he's just like that. Yeah. Uh, Kyrie was then resurrected because of the magical energy supplied by something called Angra Mainyu, who we've heard the name of a couple times before, and we mm-hmm. will be getting a much more detailed explanation for later later in this day. Yeah. Uh, he is connected to Angra Mainyu, Avenger, and Sakura is, and Sakura is also now Angra Mainyu. She has just destroyed his fake heart. 
A second before she can finish him off, though, she's interrupted by Berserker's death. Uh, her body automatically absorbs the soul, and she struggles to maintain control, and the shadow comes another step closer to conception. Uh, back with Ilya and Shiro, they finally manage to escape the forest, but the driver that Kyrie prepared is already gone. <laughs> Uh, instead, they do a little magic hijacking of some other car to get back home. It is so funny that Kyrie was like, oh, the kid may be coming back alone, so make sure you wait for him. And then the driver's just like, nah, absolutely not. I'm out. Peace. Yeah, I got my money already. <laughs> I'm not staying around uh, this dude, creepy fucking forest. Fucking same, man. Creepy yeah. priest shows up and is like, yeah, the kid might be coming back. No, I'm out. Bye. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so Ilya just uses her magic powers to, like, hi hijack a car, basically. Yep. <laughs> which rules it's very funny just this child doing a grand theft auto very very funny to imagine uh however shiro is again missing chunks of time he doesn't remember stopping to pick up groceries nor does he remember preparing the meal that they just clearly finished eating once he gets to his room he realizes that due to the influence of the arm unless he focuses his mind his his own consciousness will disappear he needs to maintain the same level of concentration required as when he builds a circuit. If he goes to sleep, he's, he believes he may never wake up. He looks around his room for something uncomfortable he can squeeze when he starts to, when he starts to relax in order to send pain through his body as needed. He finds Rin's gem and decides to use that. <laughs> Which is interesting because in this room, like... You suddenly realize, oh, right, they've, like, never talked about this, huh? Yeah, no, no, it just never came it, up. It just never come up. Uh, he believes that he can project three more times, though the third will be fatal. Uh, the more he accesses the blade works, the harder it is to suppress the reality marble inside him. Eventually, an, unlimited, an infinite number of blades will burst out of his body, killing him. It's probably fine. Yeah, it's fine. Putting his fears aside for a moment, Shiro decides to check on Rin, but it turns out she has already arrived an hour ago. She's rather upset that he went to the forest without her. Ilya defends him, though, arguing Shiro didn't have time to spare. At this point, they have half a day at most to save Sakura. Once Avenger is born, she'll change completely. Both Rin they, and Shiro... They do both roast his nuts here because Rin goes, Ilya, come on, be real. Did you really only have... Ha uh, uh, did he really have to come save you right away? And Ilya was just like, nah, you had like at least a day. You were fine. You could, he <laughs> yeah, could have come true. and got you. And Shiro's just like, fuck, they're both roasting my nuts. <laughs> uh, Ilya's a good little sister. I love Ilya so much in this route. Uh... uh so Rin and Shiro are both surprised by uh, the, the term Avenger, which they're, which they're unfamiliar with. Um, Ilya explains that Avenger, the eighth class of the Grail War, is a violation that the Einsburn summoned by breaking the rules during the Third War. It's what tainted the Grail and is the main body that assimilated with Sakura. She then explains the true history of the Grail War. Uh, buckle up, because this is going to be a long paragraph. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 200 years ago, the ritual started in Fuyuki. However, the official reason behind the Grail War doesn't actually make sense if you think about it. Uh, if the servants are only meant to determine which master is suited for the Grail, why are they then absorbed by the Grail? 
In truth, the masters don't actually matter. They're just receptors for the servants. As heroic spirits, the servants exist outside the world's logic, but can still influence the world. The families that created the ritual needed that power to try to, try to find an exit into the outer world. The actual purpose of the war is to try and obtain immortality for the human soul. The name they gave this miracle is Heavensfeel, the golden cup that's the third of the five existing sor sorceries. Unlike servants, whose souls are merely duplicated in order to be summoned into the current era, Heavensfeel is a spell to make an existence uh, to make an existence of a higher into a higher dimension. Uh, sorry, <clears throat> Heavensfeel is a spell to make an existence of a higher dimension that can take a spirit form and still influence the physical world. It is literally mantling to God. Yeah. Like Godhood, basically. Yeah. It takes a soul and elevates it to the next level of life. Since Fuyuki's ley line is not distorted enough, you need to create a hole to reach the origin. The Holy Grail War is meant to create that hole. The giant magic circle used to store vast amounts of magical energy is called the Great Holy Grail. The Great Grail administers the system of the war, and the Holy Grail acts as a, as a reactor to activate the Great Grail once enough servant souls have been collected. Basically, the Holy Grail opens a hole in the world, and then the Great Grail stabilizes the hole when the heroic spirits return to their original place. Yep. This opens a passage to the origin. Since heroic spirits wouldn't cooperate unless there was something in it for them, the ceremony of the Grail War was created as a deception for both them and the Masters. The real reasons Masters are encouraged to kill each other is that they're just inconveniences for the three founding families once the servants have been summoned. The war gives the families an excuse to kill their collaborators to try and take ownership of the origin for themselves. Even if, a even if a servant and master discovers the trickery, they don't care because they still obtain a holy grail if they win. The entire process is a fabrication for magi to try and reach a place outside the world that is considered to be, well, that is considered to be the start and end of all creation. So, like, even if they're fi found out, like, you still get to make a wish. Like, the, the grail is real. So I, I think the other important part of this that they do mention is that uh, the thing, the reason the Grail is as clumsy as it is, is like the ritual isn't like really to make or to grant a wish or anything like that. That is like a byproduct at yeah. best, and the only reason it works is because you're reaching over to the other side of the world, basically. Yeah, where, where there's infinite just magic infinite magic exists. exists. Yeah. And so, like, that's part of why it is just uh, violence, basically, uh, as the response, or part of the reason why it is so clumsy and violent as a response, because, like, all you're really doing is just shoving power at a salute, or at a uh, desire to fix it. Like, that's all the Grail can do. That's all it is. It's just access to the root. Yeah, like, they're, they're just trying to punch a hole in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh... Shiro now speaks up, remarking that clearly something is wrong with the Grail War, otherwise there should have been a victor or of at least one of these rituals by now. 
Ilya now turns the topic to Avenger, the thing that is tainting the Great Grail and is an example of successful third sorcery. However, the Holy Grail did not use sorcery. It simply summoned something that can use third sorcery. It's a monster that can materialize itself. Due to the first ritual failing, and Einsburn being quickly defeated in the second ritual, they grew desperate and summoned a spirit specialized in killing during the third ritual. Quote, They used an old scripture, a foreign folklore they obtained as a catalyst to summon the worst evil possible. That spirit's name is Angramainu, a murderous anti-hero that embodies every curse in this world, end quote. Shiro recognizes that name from Zoroastrianism, the first religion recognized to come up with the doctrine of duality. But he doesn't understand how the king of all devils could have become a heroic spirit in the first place. Rin agrees, saying that even if it were summoned, its soul would be incompatible with the Holy Grail. Ilya, however, insists a hero by that name did exist a very, very long time ago in a small, nameless village. This person wanted to live in peace. Uh, sorry, this village wanted to live in peace, but it's hard to make everyone just be good. However, they figured they could prove it. However, they figured they could come up with something to prove that every that everyone in the village was good. If one person embodied all the evils of the world, they could then point to everyone else and say, "We're not evil because look at that guy." Yeah. Yep. 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 Quote. It, it is basically what if Jesus on the cross was not a voluntary act of self-sacrifice, but instead a. Uh, uh, a ritualistic sacrifice by the people of the village. Yeah, yeah. Um, quote, One young man was chosen as a sacrifice. They captured him, carved every cursed word onto his body, forced every sin imaginable upon him, and held him responsible for all evils in the world. The people cursed, scorned, feared, yet adored this man. End quote. They hated him, but they needed him in order to prove that they were good. However, he was still just an ordinary person. When the Einsburn summoned him in the Third War, he was defeated. He was defeated easily because he's not like a badass sword person like Saber. No, he's just a dude who got his shit kicked in. Yeah, um, everything changed when he was absorbed by the Grail, though. Servants lose their personalities once they return to the Grail, but Ankara Mainu was intended to be evil by his very nature regardless of what his personality actually was. He was created to be the salvation that people wished for. He, he was an embodiment of a wish. The instant he was taken in, the Grail accepted this wish of humanity and constructed the adventure that humans always wanted. The reason the Fourth War failed like it did is because the wish the Holy Grail granted had already been determined by Angra Mainyu. It was trying to store up enough energy to birth itself into the world just like it's doing now. Uh, Kiritsugu sensed the danger of the shadow and ordered Saber to destroy the Grail before it could escape. The, in the original Angra Mainyu may have been just a person, but this Angra Mainyu is the true Avenger that people wanted. Which is a really interesting reveal in that, like, the Holy Grail is doing exactly what it was programmed to do. The problem is, 
the wish it received was Angra, mind you. Yeah, like, so the Holy Grail system as a whole is already, like, an exploit in a larger system. So it's like when you create a chatbot. It's like when you create a chatbot and then let 4chan at it, and then it becomes a Nazi. Because, like... Yes. Because you have a series of different interlocking systems that are all basically hacking each other. You have the Throne of Heroes system, uh, which is the counter-guardian system. It is the thing that uh, both Saber and Archer make a contract with uh, on their death. Um, Archer is the only one who is currently a counter-guardian, because his is the only one whose wish has actually been fulfilled. Yeah. Um, but Saber, it is implied to me at least, would end up serving the same function as Archer uh, once her wish is complete. Yeah. Um, and will be a counter guardian who helps protect the world. Yeah, that's almost explicitly um, what the Fate Root says. Yeah. Um, so, that is separate from this Grail system. This Holy Grail system uh, is two Grails. The first is the actual container for all the souls. The, the greater grail is the actual structure itself, which is just maintaining the hole that they make when they go to and from the throne of gra- or the throne of heroes. Yeah, the great grail is, just is a the, door and the holy grail is a key. Yeah, basically. Uh, uh, it's not even a door. It's just a strut to hold up the hole they make when they come and go. Yeah, yeah, like, true. Like, uh, the, the whole purpose of the holy grail, like the container, is just to hold all of them long enough so they all go back at once so the hole is big enough. So that they can access the origin. It is like this clumsy backdoor hack into a system. Um, And like by virtue of that, like, yeah, it's just holding a shit ton of power. And so like, yeah, it can grant a wish, I guess. So we need this bait for the heroes. So we'll make that wish a part of the function of the container. Except the uh, Angermainu is... Like, they're distilled to their pure conceptual form when they die, because, like, that's the thing that is them at as power. Uh, and Angermainu's concept as a whole is just a wish in and of itself for, like, a single being to contain all of the evils in the world to absolve them of responsibility and guilt, which, hey, I don't know if y'all have noticed, but, like, that's sure a position Sakura fulfills, huh? Yeah. A a person that just everybody ignores because it is convenient and it lets them uh, live a satisfied and happy life uh, when they don't have to think about the violence being inflicted upon her. Huh. Weird how she feels a a sense of kinship with Angermine. shadow, yeah. Weird. So weird. Um... Weird how every description of Angermainu we've gotten is one of it just basically being constant pure suffering and desperation to live. Um, and, and so when it's distilled into human into just conceptual form, it fucks the whole thing up because its pure concept is just, hey, what if it's just pure evil? What what if it is just all of the evil in the world? And like that is mitigated by the fact that like, yeah, the hero is just like a dude. They're just, like, a dude, and, like, that's not a thing people can really be. They can be, like, an embodiment and, like, an avatar, an example, but they can't actually be pure evil because that's not what people are. That's not how people work. Yeah, like, he never Um, learned to fight. He doesn't have magic. He's just a guy that people did stuff to, so he's no use in the actual war. 
And so, like, that is genuinely very interesting. What is frustrating to me is this game is hitting its stride of thematic and emotional teeth and then says, hey, we need to take 20 minutes to give you a Star Trek balloon explanation. Uh, So you're just going to need to strap in. I really wish that all this stuff was doled out throughout throughout these routes more naturally. Because all this stuff Uh is... I fucking love all the stuff that is in here. It's just such a weird thing to do right now. It feels like he went, fuck, I haven't explained any of these premises. Yeah, we still don't know what, like, Ilya meant by formal wear. I, like, I mean, I think that dress. was a lie. Yeah. Well, I, I, I assume that was her giving Sakura an excuse. I mean, maybe, but also, like, the remember in the scene where Ilya projects Shiro's mind into her castle and the nuns talk about preparing the dress for Heavensfeel? Oh, yeah, that's true. I guess we'll we'll have to discuss that in a minute or two, I guess. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, it, th- this is like, this is information that is all very great to have. This is all information also that we should have gotten. Honestly, this is all premise setting. Yeah. This is, inf- what Anger Mainu is, is sh- we should have gotten in fate. Yeah, especially since, like, the Those nature of the... roots exist for premise setting! Yeah, especially since, like, the nature of the Grail is pretty important to, like, Saber's whole deal. Because, like, she thinks it's one thing and then it turns out to be another. And her whole conception of, like, everything she's doing is shattered. Yeah, I I think Anger Mainu's reveal should have happened in Fate. I think this should have been at brief... At best, a brief summary and the revelation um, that... A, that there is a greater grail. Okay, cool. That that can happen here. Uh, and the revelation that, like, yeah, Sakura is, like, sympathizing with Anger Mainu because they're in a similar position also could happen here. But, like, what Anger Mainu is should not have just been dumped here in a huge plot dump. Yeah, yeah, I can agree with that. At the very least, it, oh. it needed to happen way sooner than this. Yeah. Um, there was one other thing I was going to say here. Um... Uh, you can you can think of it while I keep, yeah, keep continue going. here. So Zokin intended to sacrifice Ilya's body to open the gate, um, then take over Sakura's body once Avenger was summoned and put under her control. Ultimately, he would eventually take over Angra Mainyu. Sin- since Avenger cannot be allowed to be born, they have two options. Kill Sakura or destroy the Great Grail. Shiro agrees that fighting Sakura is the surest way to win, but what he doesn't say is that he doesn't intend to kill her. They'll need to and go then to he the does. Ca- <laughs> huh? And then, like, two seconds later, he does say that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they'll need to go to the cavern underneath Ryudo Temple, as that's where the birthing will take place. Suddenly, the shadow envelops the house, and the trio go outside to see what's happening. Sakura, who is physically in the temple, has sent a shadow proxy in order to speak with them. She explains she won't be able to hold Avenger back for much longer, and begs Rin to escape with Shiro before it comes out. She intends to kill Avenger using her own life once it's born. However, Rin says she can't trust that promise, since Sakura is being contradictory even now. She'll come to the temple and kill Sakura with her own hands. Sakura leaves, and Shiro reiterates that he wants to end the war by saving Sakura. Rin asks if he considers it justice to save someone who's already killed so many people. 
He says that he'll protect her from everything, even the part of her that wants to kill herself. Quote, that's what it means to be someone's ally, right? End quote. Hearing this, Rin decides on a compromise. So long as Shiro can move, still move, Rin won't try to kill Sakura. Ilya and Shiro then head to the, into the shed in order to project the gem sword. Ilya insists that Rin should stay outside as she's likely to distract Shiro if she comes in with them. Uh, which is partly true, but also like Ilya partly covering for the fact that what Shiro's yeah, Rin power still doesn't does know that Shiro is, took off the shroud. Yeah, Rin still doesn't know what Shiro's actual power is, whereas Ilya does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, th- th- Rin knows it's bad if he takes off the shroud. She doesn't really get the full grasp of how bad it is. Yeah. Uh, since Shiro has never seen the gem sword before, Ilya will first have him come inside her memory, which contains a record of the gem sword. Um, because Ilya does not herself know it, but she is the Holy Grail, the Einsburn's Holy Grail, so she contains the memories of all the other Holy Grails the Einsburn's have made. Um, as soon as Ilya takes him into her mind, she releases the cloth on his arm. He sees an enormous circuit made of multi-layered crests carved into a rock that's over 50 meters in radius. In the center of the circuit is a girl in white. Her name is Justice Liesrich von Einsburn. She is the Magus who, along with Mikiri Zokin and Tosaka Nagato, created the Grail War. However, Shiro couldn't. Uh, however, Shiro can't afford to concentrate on this scene any longer. He focuses on the man standing in front of the Great Holy Grail, who has a dagger in his hand. However, as soon as he sees it, he realizes he can only project the shape of the object, not the gem sword itself. It is of an alien design that even Archer cannot comprehend. It's technology from a far future, beyond the reach of modern man. Just as Shiro's mind is about to be consumed, Ilya pulls him out and puts his shroud back on. He looks down at his hand and sees the gem sword, but he doesn't feel any magical magical energy in it. Ilya reassures him that he did exactly what he was supposed to do. The sword is a multi-dimensional refractory phenomenon originally created by the sorcerer Zeltrecht. Zeltrecht? Uh, I'm not sure how to pronounce that. Zelrich. Zelrich, yes. Uh, Ilya speculates that Zelrich is still alive but no longer in this world, and he will reappear once Rin is capable of creating the sword by herself. Uh, Shiro can feel himself relaxing now, and his memory is slipping again, so he clenches his hand down on the pendant. Rin, who has now entered the shed, notices what he's holding and says she has a pendant exactly like it. She doesn't explain the significance, but she says this gem Shiro holds still has a little energy left in it, so he should keep it, just in case. Ilya and Rin leave the shed, and Ryder appears soon after to have a conversation with Shiro. She intends to kill him now, since she intended to kill him now since they're going to fight Sakura. However, Shiro remembers her question from earlier and finally gives her a confident answer. He's going to protect Sakura until the very end, and he wants Ryder to help them against Saber. He whispers his plan to Ryder, and she agrees to accept him as, as her temporary master. Before he meets with Rin to head to the temple, Shiro walks through his house and remembers the more peaceful times he shared with Sakura. And that is the end of Day 15. Yeah. 
so I okay. Here's my thing. I I like the stupid fate shit. Like I, I like when it does its stupid magic science shit. Yeah, I do too. I don't like it here. And it's because this story has hit its like its emotional stride and then it fucks up its pacing super bad to do its magic bullshit. Um in like a way that is like really frustrating. Like yeah, it, it, it just feels cuts like the all gem, momentum. Yeah, it feels like the gem source should have been made like a day or two ago. Yeah. Uh, like it feels like they couldn't make the gem sort a day or two ago because if they did, they would have access to too much ability or too much power uh, for all of this shit to happen. But yeah, because like, also... like the the scene with Berserker is supposed to be part cool, partly because it's the first time like removing the shroud entirely, and if he already made the gem sword, then that cuts a bit of its uh, even just the explanation of what the gem sword is should have been a couple of days ago when it was first mentioned. Why are we doing all of this right now? Yeah. What could have been really cool is if the thing that Shiro summoned for the Berserker fight was the gem sword. Uh, or, or or what if that... Because uh, uh, what we're getting now is we're getting access... Uh, in, or what we're starting to realize in this narration is we're getting access to the memories that normally are the, the blank period for Shiro. Like, before yeah. we were stuck in his perspective and anything he forgot, we also just didn't have access to. Now we see it, and then he forgets it, but obviously we still remember it. Um, what would have been cool is if we got access to that previous projection attempt. Maybe even that last projection attempt ends up being a failure, and we get, like, this in two parts. Where, oh, there's the first memory uh, uh, of Justice, and we get the part of uh, uh, any introduction to Justice before this second right here. Like, yeah. why are you dumping all of this information on us right at the end, man? Yeah, like, you have almost two roots all of the premise lore is setting. right here. <laughs> two fucking roots of premise setting. And then you go, oh, fuck, right, there's sorcery. I can mention that. Yeah, especially since, like, Ilya joined their team in Fate. Yeah. And there was the potential to go into all this in the Fate route. Or at least some of it. Mm-hmm. And, like, just f- spread this shit uh, out a little bit more. Um, especially since, like, Fate as a route feels... Almost too short. E- even though it's almost the same amount of days. It, it-, it feels... Uh... It just feels like it somewhat insubstantial. Yeah. Um, so having more of this sort of stuff might have helped at the very least, and and also would have given more context for like Saber's decision at the end. Yeah, yeah. It it's just frustrating. Yeah, especially since like um, the rest of these days, uh, like aside from the Shinji scene, sh- scene are all like it's all really solid. Mm-hmm. Like all the Sakura stuff is great. Um, the the moment with Shiro and Ilya and the, in the forest is, is great. Kyrie has I, some I don't even, scenes. 
I don't even mind this stuff. It's just like, this is some day five shit happening in day 15. Yeah. It really is, because, like, normally we would get the lore dump day four or five. That's what happened in Fate uh -huh. and, and UBW. Yeah. Um, yeah, Heavensfield, though, remains uh, just the best fucking route. Yeah. Still very good. Hey, what if there's, like, an emotional and thematic core, and it does stuff? Yeah. And, like, I really, really thought. I was really scared this game was going to go, oh, Sakura's unforgivable, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it, like, primes the pump for that reaction of, yeah. like, oh, it, Sakura, like, just goes full sicko mode, and now she's just murdering for fun, et cetera. Just every evil trope possible. And, like, it primes the pump for that. It primes every single character is ready for that reaction. Yeah, it, so, it also primes Shiro. you for a, like... It also primes you for a, like, there's gonna be a sacrifice here. But, yeah. like, uh, 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 after uh, uh, after all the shit with Ilya and Rin, though, especially after that scene where, like, you have the three decisions that are all bring Ilya back, there's no way it kills Ilya now, right? Like... Shiro's not gonna accept that. Yeah. Um, but, like, it, everything about this game primes you for this to be an acceptable sacrifice. Uh, and that is why I actually really love that revelation of, like, uh, Angermainu and, like, the horror of what Angermainu is because it's like, oh, hey, everything about the first two roots was priming you for Sakura functioning in that same exact role uh, of suffering for her whole life, finally hitting a point where she can't bear it anymore and being killed for it. For, for daring to finally not be willing to suffer for everyone else's sake any longer. Yeah, the game, and in Unlimited Blade works, like, there's that part where Kyrie says, ah, you're you're becoming like an Avenger. Like, it, mm -hmm. it, it, it also says that, like, Hero Emiya, Archer, like, is almost the same thing as Andra Mainyu is, where he, like, he, and he did it willingly. Anger mind you, yeah. did not like Archer willingly became someone who took on, uh, who who sacrificed himself at every opportunity to save humanity, uh, and became a miserable person because of it. Yeah, uh, she is. Uh, um, she is put into the same position, and that's like that is one of the reason I feel a little better about um about the reveal about Angermainu coming this late I, I just I also wish that it had come because like you don't have that sudden reveal uh work in that same way so I like I'm of two minds of it but like I, I was very worried this game would position Sakura and like view her as, like, a, a tragic sacrifice that had to be made, and it breaks Shiro. And, like, instead this game is like, no, fuck that. That's bullshit, that's cowardice, that's the easy way out. That is choosing to let someone who had, even now, is... Like, wh what has her crime actually been so far? What, what has she... Like, yeah, she hurt Rin. That, that's true, she hurt Rin. Uh, she she hurt Kyrie, a, a dude who is definitely not on the up and up. Yeah, no. And who did just commit murder and, like... Like, also, Kyrie like, has done some bad shit. Like, 
it, like uh, I'm willing to give her a pass on hurting Kyrie, but she doesn't even kill him. Yeah. The only person she has actively, e- even approaching, consciously killed, and even that's doubtable, is Shinji. Yeah, and that's the dude person had it who has not deserved it. There is no one who has deserved it more than Shinji. And it, even like him, her hurting Shinji has been. She has suffered for ten years, never even wanting him hurt, and just a moment of of that breaking when he heaped like the greatest torture he could have uh, on her, being like the thing that finally pushed her over the edge to just I just wish he didn't exist. Not even I wanted I want to personally kill him is like Oh, okay. This is not on Sakura. Like yeah, I, I am fully in camp. Yeah, Sakura gets to commit a murder. Yeah. Like even I, I was, even, I had been joking before, but I am fully in just camp. Yeah, no, Sakura <laughs> deserves this. Let her have this. Like even Avenger isn't like intentionally killing people. Like yeah. as the shadow, the shadow is just trying to exist. Um, and, and so like, it, it becomes reductive. Down like Shiro's previous ideal literally becomes reductive down to a math equation it's like okay well no one's at fault here um but it's one life versus a hundred lives uh so i guess i'll take the easier route of saving the one life um and the shear of this route basically is uh, saying no that's that is unreasonable i want to take the route that actually results in as many people as possible saved including the person who is not at fault here like sakura is not at fault yeah and neither is the shadow, really. Like, yeah, the the shadow never asked to be created or summoned. Like, if there's fault to be had, it's like with the village from long ago, and with the mages who thought they were hot shit enough to control something that they did not have control over. Hey, remember when we started this game and we we're like, man, is this game going to be about like historical context and the violence we inflict historically? Uh, rearing its head to hurt us in the future and having to reckon with that. And then we were like, nah, it's definitely not about that. And now the game is like, hey, it's about that now. Yeah. Uh, this game's a mess, but <laughs> Heavensfield rules. Yeah, it does. Oh, man. So next time we will talk about Day 16, uh, the last day of Heavensfield, as well as its two endings, um, Return to the Spring and Cherry Blossom's Dream. And uh, the last episode of Rialta Nua, which is like... What the fuck are we going to think about Rialta Nua now? (laughs) I cannot imagine a world in which I'm like, oh yeah, obviously Saber is the true lover for uh, uh, Shiro. I know, right? (laughs) Like, even you are like, Really? Yeah. Like, you are way more the Saber stand than I am. And even you are like, really? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Soccer and Shiro feel far, far more correct than any other relationship. Than any other pairing. Has. Yeah. Like, like for I me, like the it, ideal pairing is Soccer, Shiro, Rin, Saber. That's, that's yeah, the pairing. You're right. Uh, well, and like part of it too is like, This feels like a route where there should be a Rin off-ramp, almost. 
And, like, there's just not one because she already had her root. Yeah. But, like, she is clearly interested oh, in What Shiro. a disappointing root that was. I can't believe how badly you got fucking dunked on. I did. I got, I got burned so hard. Your, your root. I, I cannot believe how badly this game said, hey, we're going to give Sierra a treat and just punk Dustin. <laughs> I, yeah. If you told me about the concept of everything about Heaven's Feel... The most I get is Sunny Day, and even that is compromised. But, like, if you told me about what Heaven's Feel was about, and it was like, yeah, it deals, like, very heavily with sexual assault and, like, with uh, Sakura's trauma and the violence inflicted upon her and, you know, uh, uh, the violence that she then inflicts upon the people around her and her struggle around that... I would immediately be like, oh, Heaven's Feel is just going to be garbage. Heaven's Feel is yeah, going to be terrible. Like, no, I do not trust Nasu to deal with it. Yeah, no way is Nasu going to be able to pull any of that off. And, like, there's no. there's stuff he definitely fucks up with, but he, he makes it work more often he than works? he doesn't. Why is this the route he has the chops for? Yeah. Why, why is Unlimited Blade Works the route he fucks up? <sighs> that was your slam dunk, man. How do you whiff that? Yeah, UBW was, like, the most straightforward, like, shonen anime hero route. And he fucks it up! I don't get it. What the fuck is Fate, Strange Fake, or whatever the next one is gonna be called? I, It'd be like... Even the, se- even the sex scene I got couldn't even be mediocre like Sabres were. It just had to be actively I, horrible. No! It is incredible how badly you got pranked. <laughs> oh, man. Jesus Christ. It it would have been... The only way it could have been funnier is if Unlimited Blade Works didn't exist at all and there was actually no Rin Root to begin with. <laughs> yeah, reality would have had to be rewritten before we started this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. God. What? Why the fuck is this game good? Why the fuck am I... By all (laughs) intents and purposes, I should not be the person feasting. Like, when we started this game, I I even, like, pretty explicitly was like, yeah, I'm going to look for the things that I can enjoy uh, uh, in this game um, and, like, enjoy it in the context of itself. Why is it letting me feast? This is (laughs) not how this should work. Ah. It's fine though. I'll eventually get to the stuff. I'll eventually get to uh, Fate Extra, and then that'll be my. Uh, Fate my Extra day is piece. going to feed you. I, I guarantee you, we get a bunch more Rin shit in uh, whatever the next visual novel is. It's Strange Fake, right? Uh, Hollow Ataraxia. Hollow Ataraxia. Strange Fake is a ma- strange, fake strange, is. strange Fake is an ongoing manga that's set in an American right. rail war, copied off the Fuyuki one. <laughs> Right, and like the idea of there being a Holy Grail copy makes way more sense now that we know what the Holy Grail actually is. Yeah, yeah. Some dumbasses in America were like, "Oh, hey, that seems like a good idea," even though it never worked out ever. Let's punch a hole in the fabric of reality. That'll <laughs> let's probably let's be fine. try that again, even though it majorly fucked up the Yuki. Because Strange Fake well, I mean, happens after just, all of this. <laughs> just don't summon Anger Mainu, and like. It'll work pretty well. I, one thing I do think is interesting uh, is no one has ever won the Holy Grail War. Yeah. Uh, uh, Holy Grail War, War 1 and 2, everybody just sort of killed each other. 
Uh, Holy Grail War 3, the Ironsburns fucked it up. Holy Grail War 4, they fuck it up. And Holy Grail War 5, uh, everybody who could win it just is like, no, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Uh, okay. I'm good. Are you good? Yeah. Wizards. No sense of right or wrong. Uh, Fucking wizards, man. <laughs> Fuck wizards. All right. So that'll do it for this episode of the podcast. We'll be back to finally conclude the visual novel of Fate Stay Night next time. Um, as always, you can find me on Twitter at StiltsTheGM. Oh, right. Yeah, I'm on Twitter at RhetoricAcrobat. I... Again, no idea why you would follow me. You have better things to do with your life. I post like four times at most. You can um, you can follow me for all good. you can follow me for all my tweets about Honkai Impact. My posts are never good. I post about Honkai Impact uh, and then Umineko and then uh, like no, just me being annoyed at people. That's it. <laughs> there's no there's nothing good. Uh, anyway, uh, as always, remember. Podcasts end when they stop recording. Truly, they fucking do.